Welcome to Thinking Ahead, your leading edge insights podcast. Each episode reveals the latest insights on today's consumers and offers a sneak peek of tomorrow's marketplace. Stop guessing what's next and start thinking ahead. Hello and welcome. This is Dave, your host for this week's Thinking Ahead. I'm speaking today with Jillian Anderson, Research Director at MRI Simmons, and Rachel Bonsignor, Senior Consultant at GFK Consumer Life. And our topic is CBD. We're seeing CBD added to a ton of different products from health and beauty to pet food, but we're also starting to hear some pushback about its real effects and value. So welcome to Thinking Ahead, Jillian and Rachel. And I'd just like to start off, Jillian, by sort of addressing a basic question, which is, what are the real differences between CBD and marijuana? Can you just clarify that for everyone? Sure. So the way I think of it is cannabis is the plant, right? And there's about 500 compounds that are within the cannabis plant, two of them being CBD and THC. So CBD is the non-psychoactive compound that does not result in a high, where THC, otherwise known as marijuana, is the primary psychoactive ingredient or compound that you know makes you have that high feeling. As I mentioned, we're seeing CBD added to a lot of different types of products, kind of an amazing range. And so with all of the, the products that are out there, how many people today are really using CBD? So just to put in context, about 22% of Americans said that they used some form of cannabis in the last year. That's about 55 million Americans. Um, Of those, a little bit more than half are CBD consumers. So when you look at it, it's about 13% of the total population is a CBD consumer. That's roughly 32 million Americans. When you look a little bit further into specifically the CBD consumer, Uh, 62% of them are consuming both CBD and marijuana. 38% of them are consuming only CBD. And of all these products, which which ones are really the most popular with CBD consumers? Well, in our national cannabis study, we do ask them, you know, how they are consuming CBD. And some of the top ways they're consuming are edibles. Um, So I'm sure you've been in a convenience store and you've seen them like chocolate, CBD, edibles by the checkout counter. Um, Tinctures is also another popular way that they're consuming as well as topicals and lotions. But there's still a good amount of consumers who are consuming via vape. Um, About a quarter of CBD consumers uh, consume CBD that way, as well as infused drinks and beauty products. So like makeup or skincare or bath products. In our study, we also asked a very interesting question about, um, you know, in the last year, there was a lot of new CBD products on the marketplace, right? So we asked, what what types of products are you actually interested in using in the future? So some of the top ones that popped were infused coffee or tea. Consumers, about half of consumers said they'd be interested in consuming that. Uh, One of my favorite is CBD infused bedding. So like pillowcases or sheets. We had about 49% of CBD consumers saying they would be interested in using that type of product. Um, And other ones that pop to the top are any really infused type of drink, so beer or cocktails or soft drinks. And then again, that CBD infused skincare products was a big one as well. 
And I mean, what do we know about these consumers, the, the people who are buying and using CBD products? Are they more likely to belong to certain generations or ethnicities? Yeah, so when you compare the CBD consumer to the average adult American, 18 plus, um, they skew slightly female. So about 55% are female. Um, they're younger in age. Their median age is about 36 years old. And they a lot of them fall into that 25 to 34-year-old age group. Um, they're more likely to be multicultural. So they skew African-American and Hispanic. They have a tendency to be slightly more educated, a bachelor's degree. Um, and they skew to be parents and also single. Um, and they have a slightly higher household income than the average American, coming in around 78,000 a year. Some of the other interesting things that we know about them is why are they consuming, right? So when we ask them, what are the phys physical benefits that they're seeking from consuming CBD? Um, the top ones are pain relieving, stress relieving, anxiety reducing, sleep inducing, and anti-inflammatory. And then other, other ways or reasons why um, are desired feelings from consuming CBD. They really want to feel relaxed and calm when they consume. Um, they're looking for a meditative state. Uh, three interesting ones that really popped to the top for them was they're seeking to be focused, energized, and confident, which I thought were really interesting. Uh, Rachel, just, just looking at the consumer life data, uh, what do you see is driving this incredible trend uh, towards CBD products, uh, companies making them and consumers buying them? Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of the macro consumer trends that we're seeing in recent years point very nicely to the rise of CBD and also align really closely with some of those uh, top desired benefits that Jillian just mentioned. So in our consumer life data, you know, we obviously um, see a couple of key areas, emerging consumer needs that we feel um, help us explain the rise of CBD. Uh, the three that uh, we can talk a little bit more about are protection, control, and prevention. So when I say protection, um, what's really driving a lot of this is increasingly we see people um, in search of kind of the desire to feel safe um, to feel that there is a sense of relief, to feel secure. Um, a couple of reasons we feel that that's important today is that um, number one, anxiety levels are rising. Um, we track every year a list of societal and kind of larger macro concerns. And in the last 10 years, more of these concerns have actually risen than declined in the US. Um, we also see that one of our most fastest uh, growing attitudes here is I'm always concerned about my safety and security. Uh, that's gone up 10 points in just five years. Um, and so we see brands kind of slowly starting to respond in a variety of different ways to this desire for enhanced protection and security. Um, and one really telling kind of manifestation of this is in uh, a couple months ago, um, towards the end of the year um, of 2019, when Pantone introduced their color of the year for 2020, um, it was classic blue and really was positioned as a shade that offers reassurance and, and confidence um, in an uncertain world. Um, so we really feel that kind of protection and safety in new ways and um, kind of feeling um, maybe safeguarded against some threats to our, our bodies or our mental health is going to be really important. 
The second is control. Um, we see people increasingly kind of looking for things that they can feel um, they have uh, under control, right? Um, more than half of Americans tell us that control over life is something that they would count as part of the quote unquote good life. Um, even more, 71% um, agree very simply that they like to give the impression that their life is under control. Um, we feel very empowered when we're able to um, design our lives specifically in the way we want. And, you know, using something like CBD allows you to take more agency over that. Um, and what really aligns with this too um, on this spectrum of control is how um, this is also coming to play in the way that we shop. So um, we have many consumers telling us they feel that they um, are in more control than ever when choosing the best products to buy. Um, used to be kind of that the brand or the retailer um, or the website was kind of dictating the process, but it's really kind of shifting a lot more now to the shopper. Um, you know, people are telling us that retailers and advertisers and brands have less influence on their purchases decisions than ever before, and that they're really increasingly relying on their social networks, um, you know, people on social media that they consider to be authorities. Um, they're really, you know, taking advice from their peers. Um, so control in that way, too. They feel that um, they're navigating a new market like CBD on their own terms. And the third piece that we really see is contributing to this is this idea of prevention, which I do think, you know, relates a little bit to protection, but is a little different too. an external factor that consumers have very little control over, but that's impacting them is rising health care costs. Um, cost of health care today is the number two concern in the U.S. It's gone up a couple ranks in the last few years as well. Um, and so as these costs rise, um, we see that people are thinking a little bit more about prevention than treatment. So um, half of U.S. today um, says that when they're thinking about their health, they focus kind of equally on preventing things, but also treating issues as they arise. Um, and we see this, you know, if we look at kind of some of that MRI data about CBD and cannabis, um, we see that CBD users are tend to index higher on um, using it for medical reasons and viewing it as a health and wellness tool. So thinking a little more proactively about, um, you know, how you can manage your health, how you can maybe address some of your more um, mental or emotional needs um, feels really ripe for an explosion in the CBD market. So that's a really uh, remarkable set of forces that are driving this. Are there any uh, previous cultural trends that you've seen in consumer life that seem to be similar uh, to the way that CBD is evolving? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, of course, only time will tell uh, what place this eventually has in, in the long-term marketplace. But in a lot of ways, this does feel like us to be similar to some things we've also seen the beginning of. Uh, consumer life has been in the field since the 70s. So we've been at the um, emerging and forefront of uh, trends that now feel very mainstream and, and very much a part of our marketplace. Um, you know, uh, even just in the last decade and a half, or so um, when we were kind of starting to look at changes in lifestyle post uh, the Great Recession in 2009 and 2010, um, there were two things that uh, we kind of saw emerging from some leading edge consumers. One was cord cutting. 
So people uh, saving on some of their monthly expenses by getting rid of their cable bills um, or TV altogether. Um, cord cutting is now, you know, a huge part of the population. Many people have switched to streaming services only and don't get their television from broadcasts anymore. But at the time, that still felt like a very new um, thing that was really only um, something that the minority of Americans did. Around the same time, another thing that we saw emerging was the rise of, uh, you know, what you might call the makers movement. So um, things that, uh, you know, people wanting to, you know, instead of buying things and, and spending money that, you know, was already very tight, uh, making things themselves and, and getting a little craftier. And I think, uh, you know, that was still a very kind of niche movement at the time, but it started to grow mass popularity. I think it's fueled the rise of of platforms like Pinterest and um, different channels on social media um, and, and different kind of ways that we now, uh, you know, share goods and make goods for ourselves and each other. So um, those are two examples just from, you know, kind of modern times of, of uh, trends that we've seen coming. And um, it'll be really interesting to see uh, what happens with CBD. And Julian, just getting back to the actual consumers themselves, uh, people who are buying uh, CBD products and using them. Is there any correlation between being a CBD consumer and how you feel about cannabis in general? Yeah, there there is a correlation. Um, it's interesting. Um, both whether you're a, a CBD consumer or whether you're consuming marijuana or if you're consuming both, the sentiment really is that it's beneficial for your overall well-being. We're seeing, regardless of the type of cannabis you're consuming, um, we asked a battery of attitudinals about cannabis in general, and we're seeing like nine out of 10 people are saying that cannabis has many health benefits. It's good for their mind and body. Um, they feel like legalization will actually be really good for tax revenue. Um, they want cannabis to be normalized. They There's about 83%, uh, regardless of what type of cannabis they're consuming, saying they actually understand the science that goes behind cannabis. They're open to talking to their children about cannabis. And I mean, they wouldn't even mind investing in cannabis-related business. And something I mentioned at the opening of the program, uh, we've started to see some negative coverage after all of this amazing growth in CBD. Uh, some questioning of the value of CBD, what it actually does for people's health. Are those stories, is that storyline making any impact on consumers? It doesn't seem to be making an impact. I mean, at least according to our study, um, we, we asked CBD consumers a specific battery about their particular usage of CBD products. And overall, the sentiment is that it's they feel it's beneficial to themselves and their health. Um, trust and, and quality is not an issue for them. So 87% of CBD consumers said that they trust the quality of CBD products that they're consuming. And I mean, overwhelming majority, nine out of 10, say they plan to continue the use of CBD. One of the more interesting things that we did see arise out of the data though, is that they don't want CBD to be in the same category as marijuana. About three quarters of CBD consumers told us that. They also feel that CBD is safer to consume than marijuana. Um, so while they, they don't really believe in that negative hype about it, whether it being beneficial or not, uh, they don't want it to be lumped in the same category as marijuana. So our theme here is always thinking ahead. And so I want to ask both of you before we wrap up, 
Um, what do you see as the future for CBD products? Is this going to be a fad or is it a long-term trend? Um, do we have a sense of how the CBD marketplace will evolve in the coming years? Uh, maybe to you first, Rachel. Sure, yeah, you know, I think CBD is really interesting because it poses this uh, challenge for brands, right? Um, there are things about it and the way that it's escalated so quickly and worked its way into a variety of categories that, um, you know, might make some people write it off as a fad if you're not handling it correctly and you're not, you know, um, investing in growth in the right ways and doing the right research and and, and all of that. Um, if you think about maybe a couple of years ago when there was charcoal in everything um, and how quickly that faded, um, it's very easy, um, you know, it could be very easy for people to, um, write it off very quickly without understanding perhaps the long-term benefits. Um, so it really is in the hands of brands to um, take this opportunity to think creatively, to transform it into something with much more substance, with much more meaning, to communicate the right messages about, um, you know, benefits and, and safety and, um, you know, how to consume it um, and really aligning their messaging and their offerings with these key consumer needs that we talked about um, while still addressing their concerns too. Um, that's really a, a place right now where we think brands can flourish if handled correctly. And I do have to say, you know, uh, while certainly there's a variety of types of brands and size of brands, that are dipping their toes into CBD right now. We're really impressed by some of the companies that are being quite bullish about CBD that are pushing to, um, you know, include it in stores. I mean, if you go into any vitamin shop right now, they're being pretty aggressive about um, expanding their CBD offerings. Um, it's, it's, you know, a lot of areas in their store kind of have that offering. So um, I think if you take that opportunity, if you do your research, if you address those consumer needs, you can be quite successful and um, it can be a lot more than just a passing fad. Jillian, any, any further thoughts on the future of CBD? Yeah, I mean, I 100% agree with everything that Rachel just said there. I mean, looking at it from the CBD consumer perspective, from our data, we know that people are using it for pain management, inflammation, to reduce anxiety. Um, but I still think that the future is met with both optimism and concern. From our study, we saw that two-thirds of Americans say that CBD has many health and beauty benefits, right? But we still saw a good portion who are sort of hesitant about it. 35% of Americans said that they think CBD is just a fad like Echinacea was a few years ago. Um, and about 31% said that they don't feel like CBD is safe to consume in infused foods or beverages. So tying back to what Rachel said, like I think it really needs to be handled correctly, but if it is, there's definitely a future there. Well, that's been a, a really great session. We really appreciate both of you coming on and uh, filling us in on CBD and CBD consumers. And if our listeners would like to learn more about CBD research from MRI Simmons, click the link in the text below your podcast player. And we look forward to having you join us for the next installment of Thinking Ahead. And now for our last segment, listen to this. Today, we are joined by Adam Swift from GFK Consumer Life. This is Adam Swift with GFK Consumer Life. CBD is said to help with both sleep and stress. So how stressed are we? Well, listen to this. In the most recent Consumer Life survey, we asked Americans about 19 sources of stress from money to health, and half of them say they have at least three different major stress areas in their daily life. 
What will COVID-19 do to these numbers? We'll have to wait and see. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Thinking Ahead. For more information on today's topic, click the link in the description. We'll see you next time so you can keep thinking ahead.